The following audio is from the chapel at Fishhawk. More information about the chapel at Fishhawk is available at www.thechapelfh.org. Good morning, chapel family. How are you all this morning? Just a little bit of a caveat. This morning we are in the book of Hosea. So if you've got children with young ears, you've been warned. The book of Hosea, if you're unfamiliar with it and you're like, wait a second, I'm just visiting. What do you mean young ears? The book of Hosea is a living picture of a massively sexually adulterous affair. And God is using this picture to point us to a loving husband, to him as our loving savior. So be forewarned, I'm not going to cover up the words the Bible uses. I will try not to add too much of my own color because God is quite colorful enough in this book. So we will pray and get into Hosea chapter 3. Father, it's, it's your word to us, this radical, jaw-dropping, shocking example that Hosea endured and that his wife Gomer endured so that we would have a picture some 2,500 years later. Lord, may we learn today how deeply you love us. May we be compelled to love others deeply as you have loved us. May the cup that you pour into our lives of forgiveness overflow into our families, our friends, our neighbors, and our coworkers, and our community so that this place, the streets we walk, the neighborhoods we live would be drenched with the love of Jesus. In whose name we pray, amen. Hosea chapter 3. Hosea was a prophet to the northern kingdom. After the Israelite kingdom had become big and amazing, they divided and fought, and there was the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. Hosea was one of the prophets to the northern kingdom before the big bad Babylonians and Assyrians came in and wiped everything out. Hosea was a prophet of God. Hosea was a prophet of God and this meant he would hear from God. And if we're being totally honest, as we read through these stories, you've got the prophet of God, Daniel, who was thrown into the lion's den, who had his life threatened multiple times. You've got the prophet Ezekiel, who we covered. He had to eat food that was cooked over cow dung. He had to, I mean, these guys did crazy stuff. I could list on and on. Lay naked on your side in the middle of the street eat this crazy stuff, be this example, I think Hosea gets the worst of all. Because in the very beginning of this chapter, I'm just going to read to you what the Lord said to Hosea. It's not going to be on the screen. The Lord said to Hosea, Go, take to yourself a wife of whoredom and have children of whoredom. For the land commits great Whoredom. That's three times it's using a word that my wife told me never to say from the pulpit. I mean, where is this going? And what is, what is a, a man of God, a prophet of God? I mean, he, we don't know the setting. I picture it just like we read in Daniel and just like many of our lives should be shaped by prayer. You go to God in prayer, but then one day, bam, I've got something for you. 
Go marry a prostitute. Have children with a prostitute because my people have acted like prostitutes. This is not the time where you usually think, clearly this is from the Lord. Right? Hopefully not. If you're jumping at that, then come see me for therapy. Okay? Because this is not normal and God is laying out this story, this painful story. And the book of Hosea just goes up and down. God is mad at the unfaithfulness, but he loves his people. He's mad. He loves his people. He's going to pursue his people. So this man, Hosea, then has a wife. Not only is she a prostitute, but it gets even uh, sadder. Her name is Gomer. And if you're not following me, you don't. I mean, Gomer, Gomer Pyle, Homer Gomer Simpson, Gomer. And then they have a child. And God says, name your first child Jezreel. And and every one of their kids' name was pointing to something. Name your kid Jezreel because I'm going to have justice for the atrocities that were done at Jezreel. And then name your next kid No Mercy. No Mercy for you. I mean, seriously. I want to name all of my kids after you read this book. It's like you want your kids to pop out and just name them the best thing that you can instead of just doing what are the popular names and trying to choose one that's not in the top 10 so they don't have 30 classmates with the same name. I just want to rewind to when my first child was born and name him love and embraced by God forever, surrounded by the Holy Spirit, protected with all the grace and forgiveness of Jesus. Go. So that every time in class, the teacher would be like, hello, love by God, embraced by Jesus. Go. Because the next kid's name was not my children. I mean, if you're that kid, you know how when, when there's multiple siblings, you all know that one of you is actually the favorite, despite what mom says at any given moment? Can we agree? No, no, we're not agreeing. All the moms are like, no, yes, we all know. I know my youngest brother is the favorite because he's the baby. He needs the coddling even though he's got a bigger beard than me and he's only 18. But imagine being that kid. Hey, not my child, come do the dishes. Hey, no mercy, can you mow the lawn, take out the trash? Hey, Jezreel, that reminder of that atrocity that the Jewish people did, could you? I mean, this gets real weird real quick. But it gets even scarier because Gomer leaves after having three kids, leaves Hosea, leaves the three kids, and this is where we pick up in chapter three. Probably one of the greatest pictures of love, perhaps in the Bible. There's the cross, and there's this. The Lord said to me, this is after Gomer has left, the Lord says to Hosea, Go again, love a woman who is loved by another man and is an adulteress, even as the Lord loves the children of Israel, though they turn to other gods and love cakes and raisins. I mean, here's what happened. Hosea, God, I'll be faithful. I'll marry the prostitute. Let's have kids. Jezreel, no mercy, not my kid. Then my wife again, one day I come home and and she's gone. Where did she go? She went back into prostitution. And those those words that God says, 
Hosea, I told you to go get her the first time. You've had the kids. You've had the intimacy. You've built the relationship. She's gone off to play the part of a prostitute again. She's put herself back into sex slavery. And those words, those words are for you and me. Hosea, go again. Go again. God, you you want me to go to find her again? This was big enough the first time. What do you mean go again? Where do I even look? Where does a, a man of God go to look for somebody who's in sex slavery to a, for a prostitute? You're not going where, quote, Christian men should go. And, and I can't imagine what that search is like. Wrestling with God. Okay, God, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to go. I'm just going to go down. I know where to go. I know where the streets are. I know where I'm going to walk down streets. And there's going to be women chained up, being sold, being bartered. There's going to be people who have no value, who feel no sense of love, and you're telling me to go there for her, Gomer? She, God, isn't this enough? She's being loved by another man. I, I have, one of the weird things of, of, of this job is that people confess things to you. I, I see a very common thing. Anytime someone comes to me with anything, it could be big, small, Oftentimes what happens is they'll be looking at me and they'll confess. And confession is good. The Bible says confess your sins to one another so that you may be healed. And then there's this dejection that comes where like the head bows down. This last week, um, I've been blogging again. I've been finding it fun. I gave my daughter markers and she got the pink marker and she literally colored herself until she looked like Barney the Dinosaur. And my wife, with this uh, voice from downstairs, says, Ryan, look at your daughter. When the kids get in trouble, we call that kid the other person's kid. I don't know if you guys do that or not. So Savannah comes upstairs in her nightgown, which is pink, and now her arms are just scribbled in pink, and her legs are scribbled in pink, and her face is just scribbled in pink. And she saw herself and just broke and then went to her bed, her white sheet bed, and just, ah, and hid, and just crumbled down. Just, and this is from markers. This is from knowing, like, I did something to me that made me look crazy. And I just held her and told her I loved her, and it's going to be okay. I had to say it a bu- over and over, I just kept saying it. Felt like I was right out of the movie The Help. What do you think Gomer did? When she's in this alley, she's been getting used by man after man after man, knowing I abandoned my God, I abandoned my husband, I abandoned my kids. We know that she's not a free person. She's prostituting herself. She's being sold to other men. And Hosea is looking. Where is my wife? What do you think happened in that moment when he comes around the corner and he says, there she is? That's her. And, and, and Gomer makes eye contact. I will bet you $10,000 her head fell. Why, why is he here? I can't believe my husband is here. What is he doing here? I can't believe this. I left. I didn't think he would come looking for me here. He's not even supposed to be here. He's a man of God. What is he doing here? I can't believe this. Go again, Hosea. Go again, love a woman. Not just go find her. Not just go free her from the chains. Go love her. 
who is loved by another man, even as the Lord loves Israel, even though they turn to other gods and love cakes of raisins. This is just us. This is the Old Testament way of saying, even though we look for worth and satisfaction and fulfillment in all of the stuff of life, we think that the next car, the next house, the next spouse, the next job, the next promotion, we think those things will fill us. This is what the Old Testament version of cakes and raisins are. We just replace those words with, with beamers and bigger houses. And I'm not saying you can't have a beamer. I love beamers. If you own one, please let me borrow it for date night, okay? But what I am saying, if you're looking to that thing to give you worth, it will not. It will give you as much worth as the Matchbox car did, for those of you who are my age, as when you were a kid. And how long did that Matchbox car hold your attention? All of three days before you asked for the next one? I'm terrified to buy my kids the Nintendo Switch because that's an endless cycle of them being dissatisfied with things that cost hundreds of dollars. And we think, well, no, we're not like that. Oh, really? Do we need that next level of whatever it is? Because there's literally people whose lives are getting crushed into the earth. If you don't think that prostitution and sex slavery are rampant in Tampa, just do a quick Google with your spouse nearby for accountability. If you don't think that there is massive brokenness in people that need someone to go find them and love them, not only in Tampa, but in Fishhawk, because in the poorer areas, sin use is usually more apparent. In the poorer demographics of our culture, you see the sin more. There's more outward abuse. In the wealthier pockets of our culture, we internalize and hide sin. We put up the facade and we hide it behind a nice paint job and two layers of fireproof drywall. We're eating the cakes and the raisins that this culture is selling us. And this is the image that God is unfolding. Hosea, the reason Gomer did this was so that as this story gets written down, thousands of years later, people are going to read this insane story of a husband marrying a prostitute, having terribly named kids, and then she leaves the prostitute. He goes and finds her again. And I want you, Hosea, to love her, even though she is not seeking after you. Because Israel is not seeking after me, but I am coming like a freight train. So, I bought her for 15 shekels of silver. I bought her for 15 shekels of silver and an omer and a lecta of barley. He bought her. Isn't that weird? He bought her? His wife. Because she's there, chained, presumably, or tied, or, or corralled. And God said, Jose, you've got to love her. And he sees his wife, and the tears are running down her face, and she's not, not been kept. She's just been used by men. And the, the, the question is there, this is my wife. I'm going to take her home. And the keeper of, of Gomer says, you've got to pay me. She, she put herself into this. You owe me money if you want her back. And what is Hosea must be thinking? She's my wife. And then he says, how much? And he pays. And he says in verse 3, he said to her, you must dwell as mine for many days. You shall not play 
the whore or belong to another man, so I will also be to you. Because you're, you're going to be mine. You're not going to do this anymore. We, we have this in our culture. We've got, the, we've got the grittiness of broken relationships. We've got the tenders and we've got the Ashley Madisons. And we've got these terrible things that just promote sexual brokenness. And in the midst of this world who wants to just pretend that nothing is off limits sexually, we've got this prophet of God who goes into the midst of a prostitution area, finds his wife, and in my mind he leans down and he, he knows I'm coming to love her and he, he lifts up her head and he wipes away her tears and he takes off the torn rags that other men have touched and puts his cloak on her and he lifts her up under his arm and walks her out and says, I am going to be here for you. Don't do this anymore. You don't have to do this anymore. Do you think that Gomer had ever experienced that level of love before? To have a husband come back to buy what was already his wife and to say, you don't have to do this. Don't, don't, don't go. And then it switches gears in verse 4. Oh, for the children of Israel shall dwell many days without king or prince, without sacrifice or pillar, without ephod or household gods. So this is where the picture shifts. Now we've got Hosea walking Gomer out of the dark alley. We've got Hosea wiping off her tears. We've got the kids saying, Mom, where have you been? We're so glad you're home. And just the shame, the ugliness, the dirtiness that Gomer must have been feeling, wondering what is going on? How can he still love me? Why would he come looking for me? And then, and then God shifts and he says, this picture is because there, there's coming a time. There's coming a time because right now, the Israelites, they're playing the part of Gomer. And, and in case you're missing the metaphor, I'm just going to lay it out. Jesus is Hosea. You and I are Gomer. Nobody's going to miss it. That's why I raised my volume with put my big boy voice on, okay? The children of Israel shall dwell many days. They didn't know it was going to be like 700 years without a king. The, the Israelites are about to get wiped out. They're not going to have a king. They're not going to have a temple. But they needed this story. They needed to know that God was coming with the relentless love of a husband who will not give up. Verse 5, afterward, afterward, the children of Israel shall return and seek the Lord their God. Afterward, after all this is done, after the years of no king, after she's been brought back afterwards, they're going to seek God. And David their king, and they shall come in fear to the Lord and to his goodness in the latter days. So this is, this is it. Hosea and Gomer come home. This is the picture. Hosea's thinking, okay, man, I wish I could have been like one of those other prophets. Like, this was crazy. 
but I wonder how much Hosea understood the love of God. For those of you who are married, you know that marriage is one of those events in life that you go to on the day of marriage, and it's like the glorious day. It's celebrating massive mega love. There's flowers, there's cake, there's food, there's dancing, unless you're Baptist, but there's so many good things. And then, after the wedding day, there's actual marriage, which is glorious and good and painful and good. Because all of a sudden, you have somebody so close to you, you can't hide your junk anymore. You can't be the fool that you were, because now, theoretically, your wife will see you and say, you're being dumb. And you learn and you grow and they shave off some of the rough edges. They teach you how to shower and use towels correctly. Hypothetically, marriage is good. What do you think Hosea thought of love after this picture? I mean, this is mega marriage love. And I've been, I've been thinking about this lately because I've got a lot of um, Christian friends, I'm a pastor, so people friend me all the time, and I try to reject as many as possible. But um, there's this weird thing that I noticed as I was preparing for Hosea, as I was thinking and chewing and saying, God, what is this? I can't believe you would love me this way, that I would be Gomer, that I would be chained and dejected and ashamed, and you would come to me in the midst of the darkest, deepest, dirtiest places, lift up my chin, wipe off my tears, and say, I am with you. You are mine, and walk me home and not only once but he would do it again and again and again and again for you and for me again and again are we getting how many times this is okay and I'm thinking this is so weird because all of my Christian friends and for some reason there must have been something in the air other than this death devil pollen that's going on right now there was this thing going on my news feed was like oh I'm, I'm doing this event Holy Spirit show up at this place Holy Spirit is going to be in our church Holy Spirit's going to be in our gathering I am all for the Holy Spirit being in all the gatherings or as the teenagers say the Holy Spirit and all the things I think I used that right right am I keeping it 100 and I didn't use that right either I don't even know what I'm doing up here but as these things are going down Holy Spirit show up at our church gathering Holy Spirit show up in our building Holy Spirit show up in our Bible study and I'm reading this Holy Spirit Yes, child, show up in the dark, dirty alleys. And, and guess where the Holy Spirit lives? In you, in me. So guess, if we want the Holy Spirit to show up and help the broken, guess what that means? We get out of bed, and we put on our working shoes, and we walk. Because last night I was hanging out at a bar, I was only praying and reading my Bible there, Judgy McJudgersons. And, and I'm there and talking with Jesus about people at the bar. Here, we talk about Jesus all the time, and because I'm a pastor, you expect me to say Jesus. So some of you, all you hear is, wah, 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 wah. my wife made me come. Wah, wah. But we need to bring the Holy Spirit to where Hosea brought it. Now, don't hear me wrong. If you struggle with drinking, don't think to yourself, I'm going to be the best bar evangelist in Tampa. That's dumb. If you struggle with lust, don't go start a ministry for the strippers and the strip clubs. Or let me clarify that. If you're a male human being, 
don't go start a ministry. But, but we should have ministry for women who are prostitutes, whether or not they stop prostituting. We should have ministry for men who are stuck in massive cycles of addiction. And we need to be there to lift them up. Because Gomer was a prostitute, got married, tried to do the family thing, didn't work out, suburbia failed her. She left it for the other raisins and cake. She thought suburbia would give her the nice life. It didn't. She went back to her prostituting ways. That's what she knew. And you and I go back more times than we, more times than we are willing to admit. And every time God comes to us as a loving husband, and he, he buys us back. You know what the, church people, help me out. The wages of sin is death. So sin writes a paycheck. The paycheck is death. So when Hosea says, how much, how much for my wife, even though he, she's his and he's hers, they give him the price and he pays it. When Jesus comes and he says, I'm here. I left heaven where I had angelic beings with these crazy eyeballs and heads and just screaming my name and my glory constantly, holy, 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 holy. I left all that to come down to here. I crammed the universe's power of divinity into a five-foot-nothing Palestinian body, okay? And then, not only does he come down to earth for us, who's attracted to Jesus the whole time he's here, right? The jacked-up people, people like me and some of you. The prostitutes, the swindlers, the thieves, the people who can never seem to have the perfect marriage. The people whose kids are wild and rebellious and into everything that you told them not to be into. And God came and he went down those streets and he said, come, come on. And the prostitutes crying on Jesus' feet the fishermen who was, couldn't cut it, the spiritual people, he goes and gets those rough riders, fishermen, sailors, blue-collar workers. I mean, I'm sure those guys never used bad words or had crude jokes because those only existed after Twitter, right? And Jesus said, I'm coming for you. I am, I'm getting knee-deep in the swamps for you. I am going to pursue you when you don't think you're worth pursuing. When you've given up and you've let your arms go limp in the chains that bind you with no hope, I'm coming down to break those shackles, to bring you home. This is, this is the gospel. After so many days, it says, they will come to fear the Lord and to his goodness. They're going to fear God and we're going to come into his goodness in the latter days. Some of you have been fearing God and you have not been coming into his goodness. My daughter, after that whole, I called it Markergeddon. <laughs> just, just pink and tears and slobber and snot and whole nine yards. She wouldn't even let me look at her. I mean, I was trying to get a picture to post on uh, social media for a good 30 seconds. My kids are going to totally despise me. I'm totally playing into the pastor's kid scarring thing. And um, finally when she looked at me, and I, I must have said already, you're beautiful, it's going to be okay, daddy loves you. I must have said it 50 times before she looked up and just the tears, and that's the picture if you see it online. And uh, I, I 
looked at her and I said it again. I said, you're beautiful and I love you. It's going to be okay. And then she just smiled. And she's, um, she's got the goofiest smile. I mean, my daughter's just all cheek. And then she forgot. She forgot about it. Now, we still had to bathe her. But all of a sudden, it just clicked. Daddy loves me. And I'm usually not this good of a dad, so don't, don't be fooled. This is one of my shining moments of goodness as a father where I haven't totally scarred my kids. Um, I've got some of you guys do college saving funds for your children. I have a therapy fund for my kids, okay? But, but it just clicked for her. Daddy loves me. And she just hugged me. And it was pink. And then it was so cool because we threw her in the bath. And uh, by we, I mean my wife. And just scrubbed her down. And it, and it was, praise the Lord, washable marker. And it just pink. Can I just peek in one? Just pink. Coming down. Full in the drain. Gone. Forgiveness is like that. You get in the big mess. Things are broken. You feel like my life is so marked up. My life is so chained up. I've turned to the cakes and raisins. I, how could I even escape this endless cycle of me, 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 me? The way you escape, escape the endless cycle of me, 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 me is that you stop thinking about woe is me, woe is me, and you start looking around the corner for that person that's coming to get you, to lift up your chin, to wipe your tears, to break the shackles, to put his arm around you and to carry you out and to say, I'm this good. You can love me. Because that's got to be the question on Gomer's mind. Can he really be this good? The answer is, God is really that good. Some of you may have think that you've out-sinned God's goodness. This is an impossibility. Some of you think that you're in such a dark place that God could not possibly get down to the end of the alley. God has been living and trudging through dark places since he began this great rescue project we call salvation. Some of you may think, if Jesus sees me, he's just going to leave me shackled because I deserve it. Newsflash, you definitely deserve it. Good newsflash, he will not leave you there. The key is so simple, it almost is offensive. Because what did Gomer do? Chained, tied, dejected, sees Hosea coming can't believe he's here. I, I don't want to go back. I don't want to go back. I don't even know what I'm going to tell him. I don't know what I'm going to tell the kids. I can't even go back. What am I going to tell my friends when we go to hang out next time at the well? I don't even know what I'm going to say. Just leave me here. I'm not worth this. And Hosea comes and pays the price. Jesus' price is his life because the wages of sin is death. So when, so when he came for us, they said, Sin said, hey, there's a price on these people. You can't have them. And metaphorically, Jesus said, how much? Well, the, the paycheck due for all these people is death, theirs or yours. And Jesus says, mine. So he gets the right to pick us up. And not only does he carry us out, but he begins to tell us the things about why we got there. And then he talks to the kids in such a way that that they begin to understand that this is what life is about, this, this radical, one-way, relentless love for broken and weary and exhausted people like you and me. And then the first time she goes to the well, he goes there and he, and he goes and he talks to the, the gossip girl in the, 
well circle because gossip has existed since then as well. He says, don't you guys, my wife is home, isn't this the best? Aren't you guys so glad to see her? When you do one of those things that I do to my kids where I, I frame something in such a way where they can't even be mean anymore, otherwise it looks really bad. You know, basically I'm just using pride and shame to get them to not sin in other ways, but that's a different sermon. See, Jesus walks with us to the well, to the friends, to the kids. He does this for you. He does this for me. If you don't know this type of love, then that song, No Longer Slaves, makes no sense. If you don't know this type of love, then that song, My Good, Good Father, it probably made no sense. You probably just mumbled it out because you're like, no longer slaves. What is this about? Shackles. I don't have shackles. I drive here. I live here. I do this. I do that. People love me. Love me. Love me. I love myself. But once you realize that you are Gomer and he is Hosea, everything changes. Come to him. Come to the loving husband and savior of your life today, I pray. Join me in prayer. Father. Dad, you came to the trenches for me. You came to the trenches for every person in this room. You came for the unfaithful. You came for the train wrecked. You came for the disasters. You came for the sinners. And you came for the church people that don't even know that self-righteousness is a thing. God, you came for us who are lazy. You came for us who are poor. You came for us, for those of us who are rich. God, you came down the darkest alleys and you come into the darkest moments of your life of our lives and all that you tell us is I am here I'm going to lift up your chin I'm going to bottle your tears I'm going to take you home because I love you God there are people in this room that don't know that yet there are people in this room that have been playing this game with you and I ask in the name of Jesus that you would that you would let them leave that you would just put a put a pain in their spine until they come and talk to somebody and say this is this is the God that I need this is the God who I want to love. This is the God who I want to live for. In Jesus' name, amen.